0: Here on the Christine Uptert Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome. You may be listening live here in the Seattle area on 1150 AM KKNW, or perhaps on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You, you might be watching live on Facebook Live on my professional page or on Transformation Talk Radio. You might be listening after the fact on one of the dozens of podcasts it sends up. But wherever and whenever you're joining us from today, we're grateful to have you here. And we're going to be talking about bringing this concept of spirituality into every day, every moment. Uh, but before I introduce our guest, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology, Benny Mathers. Hi, Benny. Hi, Christine, and happy March officially to you. Yes, happy March to you as well. It's uh, it's kind of exciting. We had one or two days there mm-hmm. here in the Seattle area where, first of all, it wasn't raining, and secondly, <laughs> it felt kind of warm, a little bit warm. I think we've taken right. that turn. We've we've I we, think, I think we're it. I think we're heading in the right direction for spring, and oh my God, I got summer! Can't wait. <laughs> I know. I know. We live for our summers I here, know, right? Uh, yeah. And hello, Olivia. Thank you for doing what you're doing over at TTR. Of course, of course. um So, dear, dear. Does your cat and dog do they get spring fever when it starts to get warm?
1: You know, my dog gets really itchy. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> he interesting He It's
1: reactive reactive to that pollen too. So. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I got two cats with asthma, so I know how that goes. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, but
1: he's excited about the sunshine, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me.
0: And I'm really excited about our guest today. Um it's interesting because she was a columnist for um a particular publication that uh, I had my first article published in and public having several articles published and so and she's also local so when we're talking about the weather she knows exactly what we're talking about here and her name is Colleen Faye sorry Colleen Foy Bolin and she believes that everyday life holds a whole lot of magical moments Um, she's got a book out called savoring life spiritual moments The Alchemy of Transforming Everyday Experiences into Life-Changing Events. Um, And she shares a collection of engaging stories and then she also has little exercises for us to do as well. She's an artist and she loves expressing her creativity in a variety of ways. She's an author, obviously, a a collage artist and a storyteller. And the storytelling I think is so important. We're gonna talk to her about that. She's also a Jin jutsu practitioner jutsu i'm not I'm pronouncing that Jujutsu, right Jujutsu? and owner yeah. of a healing arts practice called flowing stillness which i love the name of that combining her years of teaching with decades of writing she connects workshops about writing spirituality and creativity and she lives locally here in the pacific northwest i'd like to welcome our guest today colleen bowen hi colleen
1: hi thank you for having me on your show
0: you know, you you had a column, a weekly column in, um, or was it a monthly column, in New Spirit Journal, right? Is it weekly or? It was it, monthly. It was weekly. Monthly. Okay. And I think these days where it's, it's online, it's weekly. How long did you, um, how long were you a columnist there? I
1: had a column called Everyday Spirituality for Five Years. Uh,
0: five years. Yeah. And it's funny because I started advertising with them right when they came out. Somehow... Um, I overheard a conversation in a bookstore about this new publication coming out, and I tend to pay attention to how my body feels to something. It's like, oh, I need to know more about this. And it's, um, you know, run by Krista Gibson and uh, Rhonda Dixon, and it's it's just a wonderful publication. So, first of all. I want you to share with our listeners how you ever started writing and how you got involved in writing and ended up being a columnist.
1: Um, I actually got uh, started in writing because I chose to use cloth diapers for my children instead of um, throwaway plastic ones. A uh-huh. bag of fresh diapers once a month was a little publication that the diaper service put out back of this publication one day was a little notice that said um, some moms got together to share their writings. And I thought it was just moms who sat around, you know, eating tea cakes and talking about what they wanted to do. Um, and I showed up late and unshowered with my two kids and... Such
0: um, is the, the
1: life of motherhood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they were powerful women. Oh my gosh. They... They had fax machines and deadlines, and and they were clean and organized, and <laughs> I wanted to hang out with them, um, okay. so I kept going to their meetings, and they said, Colleen, you can't come if you don't submit something, so, huh? yeah. <laughs> so I submitted something to the diaper service newsletter, which had gotten me started, and they accepted okay. it, and I got up a free
0: month of diapers. Oh, that's great, and I, you and I, I think, used the same diaper service, and I remember that newsletter, and it was it's the kind of thing where it would relate to motherhood, it would relate to issues with babies, um, and so when that clean bag of diapers got put on the porch, there was always a goodie in there of, yeah. of uh, something geared towards mothers. Yeah. hmm Yeah. So I may have read your article. What was it entitled? You remember
1: it was about my daughter being a picky eater.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I had one of those too. So. <laughs> so, you know, like many people, you talk about in your book about how you went to lots of workshops, you know, workshops on spirituality. And I think what happens for a lot of people, whether they're learning healing or um, approaches to becoming more conscious. They go to the workshop, they feel really enlivened, and then they go home and not much changes. Did you have that same experience?
1: Yes, I mean, it just kept happening. You know, I'd be all excited and I'd feel like, oh boy, I, you know, I've got the light in me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would, sometimes I would be driving home from the conference and I wouldn't even make it home before I'd hit traffic, and I got mad, and it felt like everything I had just learned was erased from my mind, and that was partly how I decided to do my book, is um, just for myself, I wanted to figure out, well, what would happen if I actually use these tools that I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, paying money to learn. Right. Over time, I found ones that worked for me, and that I think um, work for other people.
0: No. It's uh, it's challenging, I think, because we have a tendency to compartmentalize spirituality. Um, I I have a real issue with that because it's I think that the juiciest spiritual moments happen when we're going about our daily life. It has nothing to do with the meditation room per se. It has to do with how we're engaging with life at the moment, and here comes my cat, Indy. Um, <laughs> speaking of engaging in the moment, <laughs> how how was it? You went from being frustrated with traffic after your seminars, feeling like you you know none of what you experienced that made you feel so good stuck. How'd you go from that to um, embracing spirituality? On a moment-to-moment basis in life? The first
1: thing I had to do was to become aware of my process and what was Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. because unless until I knew what was happening I had no hope of changing it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so I I just picked like issues that were kind of major for me so I tended to be a little bit of a Eeyore you know that depressed donkey and Winnie the Pooh I could find negativity in anything. I mean, you throw me a birthday party and I'll find something wrong with it. Uh-huh. Um, and I had this horrible critic in my head. She was very, very mean, and I knew just lived
0: in my head, too. I'm sure. Oh,
1: maybe <laughs> <laughs> but I also knew I had this wise woman voice in me that I, I didn't get to hear very well because the other one was so loud. Uh, so I picked a few things to work on. One was um, when I would drive and people would cut me off, I would get angry, but it was just like a flash. And so it was like, well, what if I if I try and unwind that? Is there a feeling that I'm feeling before, you know, I get angry? Uh-huh. So I had to experiment with myself and just kind of wind it back until oh, my te- my chest is getting tight. You know, my face is getting flushed. My jaw is tight. Um, this means that I may be getting angry. What can I do to stop that? You know, and for me, um, singing with the radio is a really great one. Deep breathing, um, looking around for something that I appreciate right like now here in Seattle, you know, the spring flowers are starting to come out. Yes. Something like that that, that can turn it. And so. I kept doing that with different things and um, I used a lot of that information in the articles that I wrote for New Spirit Journal. Uh-huh. After five years I kind of had a collection and I thought, well maybe you know, at some point this could become a book, right. but I didn't want it to be about me per se. So the stories, um, some of the stories about me, some are about other people. But the key part, I think, is the make it your own story at, at the bottom of each piece that I write, uh-huh. and have creative exercises, fun things that people can do just in their daily life, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like putting little moments of silence in. Instead of parking in front of the door of a store, park far away, and don't look at your phone. And just have those few minutes of, mm-hmm. of quiet time.
0: There's something that I do occasionally when somebody cuts me off in traffic that seems really counterintuitive to keep me in alignment. I will swear, and then I'll laugh at myself. It's kind of like I've listened to the word that came out of my mouth, and and then I'll find it amusing. Um, so it's kind of like it's it's not the worst behavior in terms of the energy, but it's some of the bad behavior in terms of the action. You know, I, I don't you know. I, I don't give anybody the finger or anything, but I might, I might like just say you know you uh, you know whatever idiot, um, and then I'll I'll the observer in me will see how human I'm being and find it totally amusing, and that that dichotomy kind of reengages me in a, a more centered way, and I never would have expected that you know years ago when I started taking those seminars, thinking swearing is going to help me stay more grounded and spiritual. Life. <laughs>
1: That just shows how how personal it is, you know, that what works for one person will not work for the other. And so we just need to figure out our own systems and what works for us.
0: Right. And I think that we have a tendency to keep to to take ourselves very seriously within the context of, you know, quote, being spiritual. Um, Can that cause problems if we if we are so serious about it all? Um, when we're trying to experience spirituality in our lives.
1: Well, that reminds me of a topic that relates to your book, that the idea of um, of seeking, where you're like really intensely looking and focused and and kind of believe. And I've been this way myself, so I understand it, um, that there's an end point. If I do this and this and this, I will get the golden egg. I will get... Um, whether it's enlightenment or whatever, there is a thing that I'll get. And I have found for myself, and, and I've talked with other readers who agree that, um, that there is no there there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a constant journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or we can fold it into our lives and not have it be a specific day, a specific time, a specific right. thing. Um, that way, I mean, we get to have it all the time, which I think is wonderful. So whether I'm you know, out on a walk in the rain or I'm taking my trash out and I'm kind of not really liking that, but I appreciate uh-huh. I have the abundance to have trash.
0: Right, right.
1: So there, there are little things that I can do every day that will bring it in and I don't have to wait um, for someone to instruct me and I don't have to wait for a specific day time location
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so you know we've been talking about being spiritual but I want to know for you what does it mean to be spiritual what, what does it mean to connect with the our spiritual nature
1: um, I was raised to be um, Irish Catholic uh-huh. and my family was very very involved with that uh-huh. and when I realized that that wasn't for me personally, mm-hmm. um, I thought I had to throw out all religion because that, that's what I had learned, that it was the only true church and so if you throw it out there's nothing else around. Right. I lived for a lot of years without any spirituality and I really wanted it, but I didn't know where to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it actually, it was the summer that my um, two best friends were diagnosed with terminal cancer
0: Two of them. Oh.
1: Broke me open. And all of these people that my friends knew were coming in and saying, well, there's this spiritual idea and that spiritual idea. And I was so broken, I was open to what they were saying. And so mm-hmm. I I saw how, um, you know, I, I couldn't change what my friends were going through. Mm-hmm. But I could help make them happier during the time they had here. Okay. and I help their family and I could help myself and to me spirituality is internal how do I feel being in my own body do I feel uh, like scratchy and out of sorts or do I feel peaceful and you know calm and competent and, and I just prefer feeling happy and finding joyful things on a daily basis
0: right and I, I love that you're talking about being in your body because I think that for so many years, for decades, probably within the consciousness movement, it, the focus was sort of reaching outside of the body, so to speak. Um, and I think that at this stage, it's really important for us to be grounding that higher frequency vibration into the body in order to not only change our lives, to change our planet, right? We've got to be lightning rods, um, why is it to you important to, um, ex- to to be at peace in your body? That you know, w- what is that about?
1: My body is a barometer for me, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it'll just like vibrate, and, and then I know things are not um, as copstetic as they ought to be, and I need to sit quietly or go for a walk or maybe I need to eat something, but I kind of have um, an alarm clock that goes off. (laughs) And uh, I also have uh, gut reactions where sometimes I'll walk into a store and go, oh no, gotta leave the store. And I don't know why per se, I have to leave that store, but it's a physical reaction. I need to be in the store. And so I've learned to pay attention to that and I know for other people you know they have um, a voice they hear that says you know get out of here right so other people experience these things in different ways and I think that's again one of the reasons why mindfulness is important so you can learn you know how do I feel things how do I understand things mm-hmm. okay now I know what my mode is now what do I do with that mm-hmm. and so I think that's um, those little quiet times are really important for all of us with
0: our lives and Mm -hmm. and and i think that over the years i've um, developed an understanding of my body's messages relating to like getting out of the store or that something is in alignment for me i feel tightness in my solar plexus if something feels off um if something is really resonating with me or or you know i'm getting like this concept of this notion that it's it's true it's i get this creepy crawly sensation on the top of my head you know my my crown chakra um so if i didn't have those tells in my body i don't know if i'd be able to interpret the information as well
1: yeah yeah and and i think you know different people different readers that i've talked with um they do have different ways Mm -hmm. You know, some people see colors, some people, you know, um, take messages from outside. So they might be in that store that you and I don't like. And they Uh hear, you know, the song, get on the bus, Gus, (laughs) make a new plan, you know. Right. Let me listen to that and maybe I should leave too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I I love the story about um, how you were led to becoming a healer. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about that?
1: Yes, um, at at the time the story took place, I had been doing dream work for maybe seven or eight years and I was planning a trip to Mexico. And I had a dream that a friend had a book I should read before I went. So (laughs) I knew to follow through, so I called the friend and I said, do you have a book about Mexico? And she said, I've got one about Mayans. Is that close enough? (laughs) Tell me the title and I'll I'll find it. Um, So she did. And I read the book and it was very esoteric. I mean, I understood the words "the" and the words, you know, planet, but what the man was really saying, I did not know. Um, (laughs) And then I came to a part where it said, um, Jin Shin Jitsu has 26 safety energy locks. And my body kind of vibrated and went, woo, you know, uh-huh. attention to that. Um, so, you know, I had that in my mind and I went to Mexico and I went to Chichen Itza, which is these ancient pyramids. Right. A very hot day, hot, hot. And I just wanted somewhere cool to be. So I uh-huh. found uh, this old building that used to be um, like uh, a sacred sweat lodge kind of a building. hmm I sat in there with my back against this cool wall and I was just meditating for a few moments and I heard this voice say, we're not kidding, you need to learn Jin Shin Jitsu. I was like, okay, I can do that. So I came home and I looked it up on the internet and it turned out that Jin Shin Jitsu teachers travel around the world. And so there was a teacher coming to Seattle um, Mm -hmm. in about three months or something like that. And uh, I, went to the class. I I didn't have a session, a Jin Jin Jitsu session. I didn't talk to anybody. I just totally based it on the dream and the message from Uh when I was meditating.
0: That's funny because when I went into Reconnective Healing, um, I was reading a portion of Eric Pearl's book and all of a sudden I got the head to toes, toe chills. And it's like, Oh, I've got to go learn this. And I had never had a session either. It was just like this knowingness that it's in alignment with, with who I am in my path. And it, it's funny when you have that sense, it's like most people would be trying out sessions first, right? Oh, this is good. Maybe I should learn this, but no, yeah, that's, that's funny that you and I had that same experience. Um, so, you developed a, um, a healing center, essentially, right?
1: Yeah, I have a, a healing studio here in, um, in Shoreline. Uh huh. Yeah, I've, um, been doing this practice now for 17 years.
0: So w- w- tell me a little bit more about um, that a- approach to healing. What what is it that you do? Is it hands on? Is it hands off?
1: Well, right now, in the pandemic, it's distance healing. Uh-huh. Um, but if a person were to come in for a session, um, they would lay on their back on a massage table, uh-huh. and, and I would listen to their pulses and I would listen to what they have to tell me about, you know, why they're there, what kind uh-huh. of issues projects they might have, and then with Jin Shin Jitsu. Um, there are little segments of each treatment that are called flows. So there might be, um, the lung function flow, or Mm -hmm. um, there are uh, 26 points on the body that are called safety energy locks and sometimes they get locked or blocked and um, much like in acupuncture, um, Instead of with needles, we just hold different places
0: mm-hmm.
1: until there's a pulsing that's the same between those two spots. <clears throat> and that means that line of energy is open.
0: That, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. We need to go to a, um, a break, but uh, when we return, I'm going to want to hear some more of your stories and some advice on how we can integrate our connection with our spiritual nature you know, in our everyday life. Stay tuned for more with uh, the author of Savoring Life's Spiritual Moments, Colleen foy Bolin. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com dot com or call four two five nine 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 eight three six. That's four two five nine 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 eight three six. When you lose a child, you find yourself part of a club that you never chose to join. There is a way to find meaning and joy in your life again. Jen Repa has created a six-week sacred grief system, helping you let go of grief, heal with compassion, and understand what's available to you in the rest of your life. It can feel scary acknowledging that a part of you wants to move forward because you're not sure how to do it in a way that honors your child. The good news is that when you allow yourself to address your grief in a multisensory way, you can transition from sadness, regret, and hopelessness into a life that gives you peace, joy, and meaning. Jennifer understands with deep compassion how you're feeling because she's been there. For more information about the Sacred Grief Course, visit Thriveology.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-O-L-O-G-I-E.com. The Vibration of Change Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. And of course, Facebook Live. By the way, if you're watching on Facebook, can you please watch over on um, my professional page and click like if if you haven't liked the page yet? Um, Appreciate that. And also we have a YouTube channel. um, uh, our, uh, Our associate producer, Kyle is getting these videos up onto YouTube. And so do a search on my name on YouTube and please like the videos, sign up, um, you know, subscribe, please. Today I'm talking to Colleen Foy Bolin, who has so many interesting stories in this book called Savoring Life's Spiritual Moments. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that I've read some of these things before when she was writing for New Spirit Journal, because New Spirit Journal is a a fabulous publication, and um, there are always wonderful articles there. So one of the things we were talking about before the break, Colleen, was, um, you know, how to assess if something's spiritual or not. But one of the things that you keep emphasizing is this concept of mindfulness. What does it mean truly to be mindful?
1: For me, it means um, to stop and uh, listen to what's going on in my mind Mm. and to understand um, how I am reacting to different things. And I would say a lot of people um, tend to do more than one thing at a time, Uh so um, may not be totally focused on one project while they're doing the other project simultaneously, uh-huh. and so to to just choose one thing at a time to do, and to pay right. attention to it. You know, if you're washing the dishes, to feel that water and that soap, and and maybe even have a moment of gratitude that we have water coming out of our faucets. I mean, there are people in the right. U.S. who don't have that right now, mm-hmm. uh, and so. You know, there are ways just to live our lives where we can pay attention to what is happening in the now and Mm -hmm. how we are personally, you know, relating, responding to that.
0: Um, By the way, Olivia, I am not seeing Colleen on my video feed now, and I haven't done anything to change it. I still see her just fine, there, Christine. So, I'm not seeing her. Okay. Well, I mean, I got you on my end. If you want to just kind of continue on with the, an amazing interview. Okay. So, sure. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time, it was all audio. <laughs> and now I can't see Colleen's face. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, I, I absolutely agree that when we focus on the moment, Colleen, that it's there's so much nuance. There's so much fullness to each and every experience. Um, It's kind of surprising. Like, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not mindful all day long as much as I may try, but um, when I am, it's, it's kind of surprising. Like, Oh, I start to feel the texture. I start to hear certain sounds. Um, It's a very different experience than just sort of going by, you know, going about, the daily routine, um, doing what I always do and, and not really thinking it's kind of like when you get into a car, you can go from point A to point B and realize, I don't even remember the, the drive in between because of where my mind was at. Um, are there certain exercises we can do in order to kind of train ourselves to become more mindful throughout our day? Uh,
1: yes, there are. And in my book, I have, um, a number of different ideas. Um, one might be when your phone rings. Instead of answering it on the first ring, you know, taking a moment to take you know a couple of breaths, and then answering it. Uh-huh. And, you know, that'll give you time to center to yourself or you know whatever this phone call um, may entail. Uh-huh. And um, you know, if you're um, going on a on a walk. Um, you might want to not wear headphones you know occasionally uh-huh. and just pay attention to you know what are the sounds i mean right now with spring coming on you know there are all these great bird sounds and
0: um, frogs too and yes
1: <laughs> and just paying attention to some of those things um i i, I see this taking like little slivers of time and just kind of checking in it can be just a millisecond And just, you know, taking that breath and and just stopping and maybe looking around or just feeling your body grounded to the floor and then moving forward. It doesn't have to be a huge, big production. It can be something that's just incorporated into your life. You know, before I walk out the door, I take a breath. Before I, you know, park my car, I look to see, you know, can I put in a few more steps where I have Mm -hmm. time to just think about what's going on in my world. Right. We don't think about what's going on in our worlds and our lives, and we don't know that we have a choice in how to change it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Said before, you know, we need awareness.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something if I'm not aware of it.
0: Right. And by the way, I can see you again, which is great. Not sure about the the technological glitch. Um, I love the fact that that part of uh, this is also connecting with your dreams. You've got an amazing story about how you and your family's life was perhaps saved by a dream. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I had um, a baby
0: Mm-hmm.
1: newborn baby, and one night when I went to sleep, I had a dream that there was a house fire,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so um, I mentally started planning out, you know, wow, you know, where will I go, what will I do, uh-huh. and, and I woke up, and, oh, you know, it was just a dream, mm-hmm. you know, I'm okay, but I was very upset about it, because it was very visual, and I really did, like, plan out the escape route, and... Uh-huh. And I just felt like I wanted something positive to come from that negative dream. Sure. So I went around that day and I changed all the batteries and the smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. And, and then again, the next night, this fire dream was coming up again. And I was really mad and I opened my eyes and it wasn't a dream. It was <sighs> a real thing. The room was filled with smoke and we had to rush through the house to get our baby um, and as we ran out the front door the kitchen exploded and the kitchen was right next to the baby's bedroom
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah so um, if you know that dream really helped me to plan out the escape route and right. It also, the batteries um, being changed, the smoke detector was what alerted us to there being a fire. So, right. in two ways that the pre-dream of the fire helped us when the next day we actually had it.
0: Yeah, that that's amazing because you know, oftentimes we'll have dreams about something, and it may just be you know, the fire in your house could represent something else completely. You know. Um, And yet it was disturbing enough for you to actually make some plans and and change the smoke detector batteries. That's, that's an amazing story. You, your connection to your dream, your um, knowing that your dream is meaningful and taking action based on that probably sound, it sounds like it saved your baby's life. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know the fire was coming down the stairs right by her bed, like right by her bed. Wow! And then um, when we opened that front door, everything just exploded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I know that you, um, you were, you were married and then eventually you, you got a divorce. And I know that, you know, I've been through that too. It's, it's a, um, a difficult and yet very fertile process right it's it's an opportunity to examine so much about life Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience about you know if that contributed to your connection with your spiritual nature um, and if so how
1: um i think i was already pretty connected to um my spiritual nature before Mm -hmm. i got the divorce um I wasn't as connected with my everyday person. Um, when I first mm-hmm. separated, uh, the first time I went to the grocery store, I walked in and went, I wonder what I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it had always been you know, a joint decision before of you know, what to buy sure. and what to cook. And, um, so I bought all the things that I loved and I went home and I had a potluck by myself.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. And for me, it's uh, it, it's funny because I, I went through a stage where I felt like I had been, like, in the past, I, symbolically, I had been on a motorboat with a GPS and knew exactly where I was going, you know, what island, what location. And then suddenly, instead, I was out on a raft, being tossed about by the waves, not even knowing if I could stay afloat and realizing that I needed to just keep my head above, you know, like stay on the raft and that the universe would take me to the appropriate place. So there was a letting go that was necessary for me to come back into balance um, through the the process of my divorce and, after, and post-divorce. And for me, that, that surrender piece has always been huge. Um, and I've done a lot of resisting, you know, the, the surrender. So okay. it's... Uh, yeah, that, that that was very helpful for me. Uh, those things we resist sometimes are some of the most beneficial things we can experience. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. Yeah.
0: So, do you have other suggestions for our listeners about how to bring that our spiritual nature into our um, moment-to-moment life?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just um, oh, a number of ways. Um, one of the kind of, it's kind of silly, but it works, um, is doodling. Um, I love doodling, just, you know, scribbling pictures and stuff while I'm talking to people. Uh-huh. And it helps the information filter through in a different way. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they've actually done research on doodling. Um, there are uh, presidential doodles in their um, presidential libraries. Uh-huh. It just, um, it helps you know, the unconscious mind and the conscious mind kind of go in different directions so that, um, a deeper kind of thinking can go on and process, Uh you know, so, so, so that's, that's one way, um, turning off, um, you know, different, um, ways of receiving noise, you know, turning off music and TV and everything and just having Uh a quiet time, um, paying attention to dreams, Mm -hmm. um, potentially have a a dream journal by your bed, and even if it's just the tiniest little thing, like you wake up and you remember the color green, you know, if you write that down and then, you know, the dream maker knows you're going to pay attention, Mm -hmm. more will come. But when I first started doing dream work, I read a book and this man in the book only remembered pink from his dream. That's all he could remember. And it changed his whole life. I mean, it changed his career. It changed his relationship. It changed every aspect of his life when he was in a dream group and they worked on, you know, what does pink mean to you? And, and they
0: made
1: wow. different things. Yeah, it was just very powerful. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So what about music? Uh, does music play a role in connecting us with our spiritual nature?
1: I believe so. Music is very powerful. And there are so many different ways that, that you can use it. You, know, you can use it in movement, um, you can listen to different kinds of music because, you know, in the West, we have kind of one way that music is played. But for other countries, they have some music that might sound dissonant to us.
0: Uh huh. Um,
1: that kind of shakes things up in in your mind in different ways. And so that Uh would be good to experience and to see, you know, does that elicit new thoughts? Um, They even use music uh, for stroke victims and who have um, lost their ability to talk. And when they are first relearning how to talk, they do it in very sing-songy way. And then they slowly take the sing-song out and the person can then speak so interesting um, yeah they found it helps um with surgeries that sometimes people take in their own music uh, Uh so that when the surgery is going on their unconscious mind has that music that um, allows them to be calm
0: Uh and what about humming i was fascinated by the fact that you were suggesting that that helps bring us back to our, our mindfulness or it helps shift our, the physicality of our emotions. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, if you thought of our body as the face of a drum, so if you mm-hmm. have a drum and you put sand on it and you kind of tap the edge of the drum, the other uh-huh. is gonna dance on that head. And so, you know, with our body, you know, we're, we've got a lot of water in us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and if we're humming, then we're, we're changing the vibration of uh-huh. you know, the fluids in our body, you know, our skin might be, and our cells might be reacting. Uh-huh. And so it helps um, shift things, you know, it's um, like in the title of my book, one of the words is alchemy. And I really love that because it takes this and it turns it to that, you know, right. one thing and it transforms it and and that and music can do that whether you're humming or you're singing or you're playing an instrument you know having that vibration change in your body is is going to change the way that that you're feeling and the way that you're perceiving things in that moment
0: that makes perfect sense and um and sometimes i find that when i'm inspired to listen to certain songs that in turn inspires me to move in certain ways which may end up like, you know, working out a kink in my back or something that it's, it, and I've also got, I've got a good friend who, um, she gets downloads that are song based, like, Oh, the song that I'm hearing is blah, blah, blah. And then she'll have to like say the words to the song or look up the words in the song. And there's, there's often a message for her in there. You know, it's uh, and some of them are like really old songs and yet, you know, there, there it is. And, and, uh, so I find that fascinating because music has been a part of culture you know, forever, probably. And the vibration, the drumming, the the, the singing, that makes perfect sense, it shifts our frequency.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have a, an inner jukebox, is what I call it. And, <laughs> and the songs will go off and I'll stop and listen to it and go, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I need to shift what I'm doing here because of <laughs> Right find of like a message
0: song and I I get that on the radio you know sometimes when I'm driving I'll listen to the radio um or I will be listening to like um Pandora or something and all of a sudden I'll get a message through a song and it's like oh yeah I needed to hear that thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> before we go any further I want to make sure that our, our listeners and viewers know how to connect with you and what it is you offer What's your website?
1: Yes. Um, my website is ColleenFoyBolen.com.
0: So it's, it's F-O-Y-E. It's
1: the middle part, yeah.
0: So B-O-L-L-E-N. Correct. Right. Yes.
1: And I also have an Instagram account, Colleen Bolin. Um, it's uh-huh. pretty new. Um, and on my website, um, I have a blog and I have um, places where you can contact me. Different readers have been able to to send me messages about, you know, what they like about the book. And, um, yeah, so that's that's the best way. Yes.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you're an artist too, right? You you do collage?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: So... How do you connect your, your artistic expression with these lessons that you've been teaching about um, connecting with our spiritual nature?
1: Um, well, I, I, I kind of, I see images in my mind of, of uh-huh. what I want to create. And I don't think they come from me. I think that they, they come from spirit. Right. And and I think the same is true with my writing. Um, I can look at my book and read pieces, and I didn't write them. You know, I mean, yeah. I just didn't. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it came through me, and and I, you know, used the keyboard to get them, you know, into the computer and into the book. But I don't think they're of me.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Or at least not the, the you in the body, but, you know, we, I think we all have a much bigger us, you know, and um, there may be multiple versions of it in a variety of places and, and you know, e- expressing itself, but that, the the eye is, is much bigger. And of course that eye, I, I think is connected to, you know, to this oneness of, of God or whatever you want to call it. Um, that yeah. wise voice I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So do you have any other suggestions for how we can connect with our spiritual nature and how we can discern if something is really in alignment with our, our spirituality? And if it's not. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that, um, you know, experimenting with different things is probably, you know, one good thing. I can remember one time I um. I have the story in my book of going to a rest stop in Oregon and there were like these six really burly guys with snarly expressions on their face and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we, we pulled up our car and went ooh, I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. but we really needed to stretch and uh, so you know we got out of the car and But I was thinking, you know, when I was in that car and I was like, you know, I'm feeling, you know, fear. Why am I feeling fear? What Mm -hmm. do I want to do with that fear? And so instead of just, you know, oh, I feel fear, let's back up and get out of here. You Uh know, I was willing to sit with it and and think about it, you know, and I had just heard a woman talk um, who had been in prison for 20 years for a crime she hadn't committed. Oh. And when she got out, she realized, I mean, what she saw around her were all these people who had imprisoned themselves within their minds mm. uh, and I'm seeing all of these people who are more imprisoned in the outside world uh-huh. than I was when I was in jail. I mean, they don't allow themselves to think beyond, you know, a certain point. They don't open up their minds and think, mm-hmm. what are my options? What choice do right. I have here? And so I think, you know, if you're going to change you in your life and whether it's to bring in spirituality or something else, um, you know, you need to explore, you know, mm-hmm. read books, talk to people, mm-hmm. um, practice, you know, do I like meditating, sitting down? Does that not work for me? Am I better if I, if I walk and do things? Maybe that right. doesn't work for me. Maybe I'm somebody I need to do muscle things. Um, uh-huh. like for me, swimming has always been a really good place to work out issues.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I find it interesting that um, I mean, I think meditation is very valuable, can be extremely valuable. But I think that people often uh, often have this perception that if they haven't been doing the so-called spiritual things, then they're not connected to spirit. And it's it's really a, a backwards way of looking at it, you know, because it's to enhance as opposed to being the connection, you know, we're, we're always, we have the potential to always be connected. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I don't think, um... I know I, I I, don't do it one hundred percent of the time. Uh-huh. I don't think that I'm ever going to reach a point where, you know, I am elevated over other people. Mm-hmm. I see this whole process as something that um makes my personal life more enjoyable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm happier, I'm more at peace in my body, I've learned to um quiet the the main inner critic in my mind Mm -hmm. here the peaceful person you know who lives there as well Um, and and for me that's that's spirituality
0: yeah I I love that you've mentioned peace I think three or four times in this conversation and uh, I think that that is um, a wonderful state of being when we are there and what a what a fulfilling, I, I mean, I know it's all a journey, but what a fulfilling goal to have is to have more inner peace, regardless of you know whether you are feeling a lot of connection with your intuition or you know you're having these so-called spiritual experiences. that That peace sounds like a profound thing to to have more of in life.
1: Right, And it may be a millisecond,
0: but it feels good when it comes. It does, it does.
1: It's a possibility.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's something I think we all need more of right now. You know, we've had all these lockdowns and there's been all this fear associated with COVID. Um, Peace sounds mighty good. (laughs) So I just want to... Mention your website again, uh, Colleen Foy F O Y E Bolan B O L L E N ncom com for our listeners and viewers. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. Um, and for, you know, I, I, I'm sure I've been learning from you since way back with New Spirit Journal, and it's been been great to kind of reconnect in that way. And it's been great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: And I want to thank our listeners and viewers. Um, Again, I I know that there were some of you who got on and uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel. Thank you for doing that. Um, And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.